Hello. Hello. Hey, babe. Hi. It's another late night, guys, and... It's not um, that late. It's like, uh, it's, it's 8.30, and I'm really tired. It feels like it's 12. No, it's not even 12. It's, we, it's only 8. Um, we are... <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but I feel we like... slept in even from stargazing. Yeah, I, was, I just wanted to talk about that, too, because, um, so... Wait, let's hit the intro, but just before we get into it, uh, so... Are trying to sabotage the intro? Oh, yeah. I know, I don't want to. Let's go! <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tree Bark, episode number 25. Uh, I am your host, Theo the Doggo. I'm your other host, a dragon, Blag. Is that your surname, the dragon? The dragon. The dragon. The dragon. You must assert me as such. The dragon blog. No. No, no I'm good. No proper nouns? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, we went uh, yesterday, just uh, last night, uh, we went uh, stargazing because uh, recently we were kind of getting into astrophotography and we're going to try and get better shots of the night starry sky. So... <laughs> Um, we upgraded from our backyard to the beach, and we still had a little trouble uh, getting better photos and clarity through cloudy skies and light pollution from the nearby city. So, yeah, we want to try and improve upon that. So maybe next week weekend, we'll try to see if we can find a nice clear uh, patch, maybe somewhere far, far more, more remote on the island. Yeah, maybe. We'll see, though. Yeah, so it, it's 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 been pretty good. Um, I never really took uh astrophotography like seriously or anything before, so uh, it's a pretty cool, simple setup to explain it. Um, we just got a couple of cameras, a couple of tripods, and you just leave the exposure on for your camera, um, pointing shutter. up at the night sky. Yeah, you leave the shutter on for a really long time. Yeah, and uh. Yeah, we'll just try to see if we can get better shots. Maybe we'll sh we'll share those here and there. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting better shots of the night sky. Uh, another kind of just mishmash of just stuff that's been happening and trickling down uh, in the past like couple of weeks. Uh, not much on the surface, but uh, we did. I think since the last episode, yeah, the election happened, uh, and the the ballots have been all counted, right? Um, as far as, like, we know what the direction is now that we're going to be taking with the country and who's the president, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Of course, with some bla backlash and some, you know, some friction here and there, but, yeah, um, yeah go Biden. Um, yeah. Yay. Eh. Eh. They're both, eh. Eh. Politics yeah. is eh in general, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I mean, unless you love politics, then... Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, still kind of just a slow trickle again of just information and content out, out there. Uh, one really cool thing, though, um, that we did uh, take uh, participate in the live stream. Or we wa we were watching the live stream of, like, uh, if you guys haven't been following Unis Honest with Markiplier and Ethan from Crank Games. Uh... Yeah, Blarg's been thoroughly, like, watching maybe, like, their daily episodes or every other day of their ep uploads from, like, the whole past year since they've been doing Unis Honest. And that was really cool. I really liked 
having the opportunity to look forward to a new episode, new content every single day. And uh, yeah, uh, we, we watched the final live stream episode where they they said their goodbyes and they had their eulogies for each other. And the they showed art from all of their fan base and people with like really cool tattoos and it, yeah, it, it definitely wrapped oh up. my god the ac is going to burst so hard hold on <laughs> you want to shut that sorry folks uh but yeah uh just reminiscing about what <laughs> thank you babe <laughs> i know it's gonna get toasty too um but yeah gr- given how long we'll go tonight i don't know how long we'll be here for oh, we'll be super toasty but but that was also the thing, like, as the as the live stream kept going, um, they had a 12-hour stream, which was insane. Um, I woke up, went to work, was checking out the stream here and there, and then got home, and then still followed the stream, had dinner, and then, like, at, since it's, uh, since we're in, like, uh, Hawaii, it's, uh, they finished their midnight stream at 10 p.m. our time, so it was, uh, wasn't too late, but it was, it was really fun, uh, they had a couple of tears. Um, they were really proud of themselves. And I was also getting a little bit of the feeling like, wow, um, they're not gonna... There's no more of this channel anymore. Like, all of their medias and live streams and uh, different social media accounts are all gonna be privated, if not deleted, uh, all of the content that they provided. So all of the original stuff that they made is no more. And that was the whole point. And it was really cool hearing their post-mortem thoughts on how they felt about like going through the whole process of that's what it was meant to be we're gonna make a whole year of anything that they could every day and even though 2020 was super shit and it it provided the most of it yeah that was like a really good takeaway that they the point that they made was that we made the best of it and ethan even said that that's what made him appreciate it even more because of all of the challenges um, and they did it. And that was super motivating. I was like, wow, I feel, even though I wasn't personally connected to really them or anything, seeing that um, come to a close was like a kind of a a wake-up call or a wake-up moment where it's like, oh, I got to appreciate these things now um, more than just like, oh, you know, like taking them for granted, like things will always be here, friends, loved ones, a lot of like, I guess, yeah, morbid lessons and kind of sobering messages saying, like, uh, you know, don't make excuses, put out whatever you want to make out there and really drive what what you want to do with passion. Uh, So, yeah, it it was really touching, and I felt more connected to the show uh, during their final moments and subscribed on the last day of their their live stream. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, that was probably like the highlight of my week, to be totally honest. I was like, "Wow, that was that was really Did you fun." Say to share. That they committed a murder, though. They murdered a channel. Uh, I mean, <laughs> is that pre- is that considered premeditated? Yeah, it was premeditated for a whole year of murdering a channel. <laughs> I mean, they made it public. They from the beginning they said they would, and they did. Yeah, they they, would, um, they carried their word. But yeah, I mean that was the purpose, so it they executed it perfectly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I could gush about that all the time, and I'll still probably be thinking about it for like the rest of the month and and the little far so on. Um, 
As far as uh, our Discord and news uh, updates, do we have anything really in the pipeline? Yeah, we got some. We got some technology stuff like Raspberry Pi still having. Ooh, do you want to cover that? Uh, um, so Raspberry Pi came out with their four. I don't know when they came out with it, but there is a Pi Four Hundred, which is pretty much it. Uh, keyboard and computer all in one mm -hmm. so it's kind of like one of those interesting things where you could just be like oh like a glorified what like chromebook that you can just hook up to is it like monitor. half a laptop because it's just a keyboard with a computer in it yeah <laughs> it's just has a monitor you just gotta stick a monitor to it what is it called pi 400 so raspberry pi 400 it's out for $70, and it's a complete PC with a faster P Pi 4 in it. That's pretty dope. some pretty good specs in it, surprisingly, for it. It's not any gaming computer, but, like, dual... It's still got the 2.4, 5 gigahertz bands for Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 5. Wow, it even, yeah, has Bluetooth. It's still got their GPO IO pins. That's a pretty cool concept. It's like you're, yeah, you're Two all, display ports. What? You have a really portable, accessible hacker keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna plug this into yeah, nearest monitor. Modding that into like a power glove or something. Oh, and just strap it to your wrist. Yeah, strap it to your wrist, and then you just like pull out cables and stuff and plug to a monitor, or plug or yeah. That'd be pretty dope. I could see somebody like, doing oh, that. I'm gonna jack into the and network. They, just, they start. <laughs> they click clack on their arm and stuff. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I actually take a Raspberry Pi and just use a power glove, and it just has like a retractable Ethernet cord that you hook into. Oh, oh, like that's big brain. There. Yeah, they should get a spindle of different cables to like just plug into stuff. Yeah, I don't know how well that would work. Though. Well, yeah, there's no excuse <laughs> now for like coding or being a programmer or anything. You could. Do a whole lot now. <laughs> you can get a computer for seventy dollars. It's not. It won't let you play games. We'll definitely. Do. You can watch YouTube. You can browse a lot of things. Browse the web. Check email. Or do projects. The the GPIO pins are allow you to do a lot of things. You know how to program. Oh. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Um. Yeah. Raspberry Pi. That was the tech news. <laughs> uh, Is that all? <laughs> Uh, uh, we do have other news. science news. That was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, just happened today. Um, do you want to do the SpaceX one? Okay. Uh, so let's see. Can I get the monitor over here? Uh, I'm kidding here. Thanks, babe. <laughs> let's see. So four, four, uh, four astronauts on the way to the International Space Station as it happened. Uh, the full report, astronauts head to the International Space Station onboard Dragon Capsule. SpaceX has launched, launched four astronauts to the ISS uh, on the first full-fledged taxi flight for NASA by a private company. The Falcon rocket thundered through the night from Kennedy Space Center in Florida with three Americans and one Japanese on board, the second crew to be launched by SpaceX. The Dragon Capsule on the top named Resilience by its crew in the light of its year many challenges most notably COVID-19 is due to reach the space station after 27 and a half hours and remain there until spring. SpaceX founder and the chief executive Elon Musk was forced to monitor the action from afar after being sidelined by the virus. Oh shoot, I didn't even know he got COVID. 
Um, wow, I didn't. I, yeah, I just learned that now. Uh, he tweeted that most likely he had moderate case of COVID-19. NASA policy at Kennedy Space Center requires anyone testing positive for the coronavirus to quarantine and remain isolated. Huh. Wow, that sucks. Um, but yeah, back to the launch. Sunday's launch comes with a, just a few... Uh, just a few months after the two-pilot test flight by SpaceX and kicks off what NASA hopes to be the long series of crew rotations between the U.S. space station and the space station after years of delay. Uh, more people means more science, research, and at the orbiting lab, officials said. Uh, this is another historic moment, NASA Administrator Jim Bradenstein said on Friday, but he noted, make no mistake, vigilance is always required on every flight. Yeah, that's the kind of cool thing, like... Space flight is getting cheaper and faster, and it's becoming more of this commodity. I mean, it's still like way far away, but having like private citizens actually go on space flights. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's starting to become a reality. It, Isn't that dope? It's good that we're getting this rotation too. This is like, what, six people now that have been put onto the SpaceX? In just a couple of months. Yeah. That is really cool for this year although given all of the crap like that's been happening this year seeing this and like we even watched the live stream when they did the two-man crew launch mm -hmm. that was pretty cool to see the capsule like <laughs> launch into space although now we're gonna put more stuff on the moon yeah moon base is coming soon i bet uh nice that in our time. here let me just wrap up the last couple of paragraphs uh so let's see Four hours after liftoff, NASA announced that it was investigating an issue with the propellant heaters and continuing to gather data. Half an hour later, NASA retweeted, or tweeted, teams are tr troubleshooting propellant heaters and the heat of the fuel aboard Crew Dragon. Temperatures remain stable and the crew uh, remains safe. The role of the propellant heaters is to keep the fuel above 60 degrees Fahrenheit, according to CBS uh, journalist William Hardwood. Harwood. At the time of the last update, the temperature was 75 degrees. By around five hours after liftoff, the issue had been resolved and had a problem with the thermal control system, which was running slightly too cold. Uh, oh. So yeah, uh, we'll link that article down below. It, um, this is by The Guardian. Um, yeah. You can probably find more than just by The Guardian. I think a lot of people will be talking about this, to be honest. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so it's always inspiring to see just SpaceX getting better and better and working with NASA and just getting people into space. Yeah, that's really cool. More space missions need to be funded. Yes. Um, this one's... Ooh, what is happening here? This might be an old article. This was this in September. What the heck? September 11th. What is this, um, this covering? Is the second... Oh, unless it was November 2nd? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't oh, ever shit, know. This might be really old. How do you... really sad. Huh. So from your game or notorious Half-Life 2 achievement, uh, recall those Gable Newell fires Garden Gnome into space. <laughs> Wait, what's happening? So Half-Life 2 Episode 2, Little Rockman achievement, still one of the finest achievements ever created, if you ask me, is poised to become reality as... Valve Gable Newell prepares to launch a garden gnome into space for charity. A garden gnome. Yeah, so I, I don't know, uh, in the Half-Life series for Episode Two, there was an achievement by carrying this gnome, which you can carry a gnome in Half-Life Alex to get another achievement. But it's literally carrying this 
gnome throughout you throughout the whole campaign for episode two. Is this and like to drop a, it into a into a spacecraft? Oh, this is like a secret achievement or like an Easter egg or something. Kind of, yeah. It's literally an achievement. Just to how do you can you store a gnome in your inventory? No, you just pick them up and carry them. You have to physically hold it in the game. Did you do this? No, I didn't take the time <laughs> to go through the whole game. It's really funny that well, it's. Where do you find the gnome? Um. It's just in the beginning of the game. I don't remember in episode two, but for Half-Life Alex, it's over where Russell gives you the gun. Okay. And over in the back corner behind the gated, or behind the uh, fence line towards Russell, <laughs> you'll find a gnome sitting in a sofa. But, so Gabe Newell, Valve CEO, is literally gonna shoot that gnome into He's space. He's gonna shoot a gnome into space. Or a gnome, yeah. Yeah, the whole enterprise is a collaboration between Newell Design and Manufacturing Company what a workshop who will be building the six inch Kompolsky from titanium and rocket lab who will be launching the gnome into space as part of its ride chair mission flight 16 which will take off from launch complex one in maha new zealand mahia yeah wait is his name chomsky his name is chomsky yeah gnome chomsky well that'd be really cool we're gonna have a space gnome yeah, within 14 days of December 15th, U UTC. Flight 16's primary objective is to launch 30 satellites into a sun-synchronous orbit, but Noam Chomsky will be on board for more than just kicks. He's the focus of the mission to test and qualify a novel 3D printing technique <laughs> that could be employed for future spacecraft components. One that will regrettably see the Noam burning up upon re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere during a orbiting process by design. Do you remember the the gnome from like travel insurance or something oh, like that? Yeah. that Travelocity is tra <laughs> yeah. hitting it up real, real like, hard. That's a missed missed opportunity for advertising. That's crazy. Nah, Just, this is a joke from Half-Life. The roaming gnome. That's so funny though. He's going to shoot him into space. Yeah. So we're going to have a car in space or we have a car in space and now we're going to have a garden gnome. Can we even look up where his car is? Um, I think it just passed Mars not too long oh, ago. Oh, wasn't it supposed to land in Mars? Oh, was it supposed to crash into Mars? I would like to, yeah. He wants to go to Mars so bad. I would like to think that he'd want to have his car in Mars. That's pretty smart, you know, so he could drive it when he gets there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I heard I heard there, there was an obscure, like, update about the car. It's, like, totally stripped of all of its organic material because of all the radiation. Just, oh, shit. It's actually really fucking close. Just, yeah, it's... It's right there. It's pretty much within its orbit soon. Oh, that's weird. Um, oh, is that a projected or is that uh, currently? I think these are all projected. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So look at where it is going to be at November. Um, we're looking at a chart of... Yeah, it's, it's right around Mars right now. So... Oh. Is it just meant to orbit the sun oh, still? the closest approach was in October. Not right here. Closest approach of Mars. Wow. <laughs> 0.05 AUs. Astro units. Oh, my God. Yep. Seems like it's just going to be orbiting the sun. I don't think that he would want to land it in Mars. But he's going to crash his car. <laughs> I mean, this is kind. 
but yeah like the tires the seats the spaceman suit uh all of the organic materials are probably just all gone already stripped away uh so that's kind of sad to say but the material the the metal should still be floating um yeah so we have a gnome and we have got a car and I th we have a record that we sent out to the aliens um you know i mean is that any indication hey come visit earth for what for the aliens what sending a car into space yeah we got we got cool technology we can shoot a vehicle into space and uh, a garden gnome no i don't think that i don't think that's enough to notice anything if there was you don't think so you don't no. be you don't think they'll just be like picking up garbage in space and be like whoa look at this the earthlings got cars and shit i mean if there, if there was somebody observing i think they'd be interested in it but there's not enough to entice what them. if what if they think the garden gnome is our species like we're just little tiny tiny elf looking That's what people they're assume that we look like yeah like we sent them all this information on the golden disc that we sent out like years ago in the 19 what 60s or 70s but no this is what we actually look like <laughs> No. We're little Keebler elves. No. <laughs> if anything, I think if it were like say there is a, uh, a race out there that would take major notices, either it, I, I would like to think that it'd probably be either we'd be stumbled upon, yeah, because they need resources or something, and they're doing surveys, or uh, we become noticeable enough because we've utilized our solar system. Hmm. If there's something of a higher advanced race than human. I mean, it's also been speculated that, like, you know, germs and stuff can be on Mars. Little microbial life. Possibly underground, but it's really hard to tell until we actually get people there. Why are you on Newegg? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a show. Yeah, <laughs> You're tech, looking at computer parts. Tech. tech. Oh, my gosh. I want my CPUs obey in. But, um, yeah, that was, uh... Here's another old article. Wait, this, okay, so we're moving on from tech to science. Okay, put. I gotta get more different track music. Like, I have this one that you guys have been listening to. So this is called Six un Underscore Umbrella. Bye. Um, and then we have the ending track here. This is Chronicle C. Uh, um, I think they were just free on SoundCloud. I I would have to look into the files to credit them. Sadly, um, and I have a. I have a whole SpongeBob track, um, Electric Zoo. What's a SpongeBob track? Yeah, it's like uh, when Mr. Krabs was doing the beep beep. Uh, you don't watch SpongeBob though. Uh, the reference is lost. Wow. That's okay. Wow, you you instantly just uh, eh. And then there's this one from like the infamous <laughs> SpongeBob jellyfishing scene, where he's <laughs> you dancing. You all your things from he's SpongeBob. Hey, there's a whole generation that grew up on SpongeBob, okay? But <laughs> what a lame generation. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's 85% of your friends, thank you. Well, yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> but uh yeah, I got to get more tracks. I I should load up a lot more on the soundboard. Uh anyway, are we going to Okay, let's let's get into the dog article here on Sci News. Uh let's see. Hit it back up. A uh, study, at least five dog lineages exist 11,000 years ago. A new study published in the journal Science, an international team of scientists sequenced the genomes of 27 ancient dogs, some of which lived up to nearly 11,000 years ago across Eurasia. 
The researchers found out that the dogs are likely arose once from the new, from the now extinct wolf population, and that by 11,000 years ago, at least five major ancestry lineages lineages have diversified, demonstrating a deep genetic history of dogs during the Paleolithic era. Huh. That's pretty interesting. So, there's a lot. I guess there's a lot more information now about the 27 uh, genomes of dogs. Uh, okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, the dog. Huh? More bark per bark. Yeah, let's get into this. So, the dog is the oldest domesticated animal and has a very long relationship with humans, said the, the co author. Dr. Andres Bergstrom, uh, a researcher in ancient gen genomics laboratory in the Francis Crick Institute. Therefore, understanding the history of dogs teaches us not about history, but about our history. Uh, we examined dogs from across the old world, and they represent a period that stretches a almost 11,000 years back in time. The dog samples have been gathered from museums and other collections from across the world and by several members of the team. Since we don't know when and where the dogs were domesticated, we have collected most of the known dogs from the old world, going back as, fa as far in time as possible and using dog DNA that has been best preserved. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it means what it means. It's it just the got best preserved dog. <laughs> like a frozen dog? Like dog an ice cube? Juices. Dog juice, ew. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Dog puree, okay. Dog puree. Um, the scientists sequenced 27 ancient dog genomes up to 11,000 years old from Europe in Europe, the Near East, and Siberia. To test the association with human population history, they, comp they compiled 17 sets of human genome-wide data that matched the age, ge geographic location, and cultural context on the ancient dogs. And they directly compared genetic relationships within the two species. Oh, interesting. They found that the dogs share common ancestry distinct from the present-day wolves, with limited gene flow from wolves since domestication, but substantial dog-to-wolf gene flow. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I gotta... Gotta investigate the dog-to-wolf gene flow. Uh, while the, while the precise timing and location of domestication remains elusive, the results indicate that at least five major dog lineage lineages have already diversified and spread worldwide by 11,000 years ago, suggesting a considerable genetic history during the Paleolithic era. So, we can find out, like, I guess, more precisely about what specific lineages of doggos were around 11,000 years ago. Uh, oh, this is kind of a long article. <laughs> Been breeding dogs. Chain. Yeah. Oh, wow. When did the pug come out? I don't know. <laughs> I really want, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna do a quick goog. Come on, pug. You wanna, you wanna do some research here? Pug, pug origin. Pug dog origin, is that possible to look up? Uh, pugs are an ancient breed of dog with roots that oh, date back to 400 sorry. BC. Most historians agree that the breed originated from China. Oh, they were bred as companion animals and for the wealthy. Uh, in accordance with, uh, American Kennel Club. Wow. That's a quick Google fact. Oh, yeah. I guess that's why pugs All are kind of useless. What? They're kind of useless. Why are they useless? Like, they got breathing problems. They got, I don't know. Like, you know how you read, like, a lot of dogs are bred to have shorter ears or a shorter tail, but, like, uh, longer legs for hunting or something like that. Or speed or something. This is a pug. It was made for the rich people. 
For what purpose? Though? It was a design purpose lap dog. Like, a, like an evil character, like, oh, instead of a cat, it's like a dog. Yeah, like, maybe the villain was allergic to cats, so he's like, I, I need something else. <laughs> I need a pug. <laughs> Give me my evil pug. Uh, you put like a, pugs are so uh, cute, is, though. I love pugs. Huh? A little hat on the pug. Like, oh, my evil pug. Speaking of accessories for dogs. Um, we got, <laughs> we got, dress up Luna so bad. <laughs> we got to be so irritated. So Luna, um, our family dog, she, uh, she's a Shiba Husky mix and she's super adorable and cute, but she has a lack of clothes and yeah, I get it. Right. She, she has fur. She doesn't need clothes and I'm not one of those like super preppy. Oh my God. I have to put my doggo in booties and a dress and all. This is only the start. I'm not there yet. But I got a couple of scarves, and they're on. They're they're scarves that are tailored to like leash collars. So you put it on the collar, and it just looks like a little scarf around their neck. And I thought that'd be really cute. And when we take her to the dog park, people always giving her compliments and saying that she's so beautiful and cute. And she's just eating it up. And then now she's gonna have some high fashion, making her even she more. Knows where she stands, anyways. Yeah, she knows she's a princess. She's the biggest princess in the house. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. It, well, we got a lot of dog news, actually. So, <laughs> um, there was this all... all a, a biased, I sense. This other dog article. There needs to be more reptilian um, news. I, well, you you got to throw in that. <laughs> there actually isn't probably a lot of reptilian <laughs> So, in, in actual local news, uh, 600 pets leave to Hawaii make history as the large... The world, the uh, I can't read. Oh. Six hundred pets to leave Hawaii, make history as largest pet rescue flight. So I don't know what this is on the surface. Like, is it due to COVID that we we're overstocked with like the shelters and they just gotta ship them out to somewhere else? Uh, let's get on to the actual article. Uh, let's see. Over six hundred dog shelters and cats from Hawaii boarded a chartered plane and were flown to the mainland shelters on October 28th to be adopted in efforts to relieve the overcrowded pet shelters in the state. And that's super sad to see because, I mean, in these times, I was expecting like an uptick in people to be adopting animals, but it's sadly not the case. Maybe. I mean, that or they got a huge influx of animals and they can't. Uh, Greater Good Charities in Wings of Rescue launched the Wings of Aloha program. The program places shelter animals that have not been adopted or claimed in less than the, in less crowded shelters in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and Montana, where mm. they would have a higher chance of finding a home. That's good. Uh, pet shelters in Hawaii are in a COVID-19 crisis. Normal operations have been affected by months of shutdown, economic dirt, oh, downturn, good. limited hours, and routine flights to the mainland halted. Oh, I guess that's a good point. Maybe people who do come and visit naturally or tourists maybe pick up a lot of animals. So I guess that's part of it. That's yeah. Weird. Uh, so uh, that's said by Liz Baker, CEO of a... Greater Good Charities. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to get a, an animal like in your state or something? Yeah. I know. I'm just saying, would you want to get an animal in your state instead of having to like fly it back? Uh, I would think so, but maybe you just fall in love with that one animal. Uh, continuing, uh, CEO of Greater Good Charities, 
Uh, pause across the Pacific is urgently needed to make space in Hawaii shelters for at at risk pets who otherwise wouldn't be able to receive necessary care to survive. Uh, the flight marked the largest pet rescue flight in history. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of animals. A chartered Hercules C-130 plane made stops in Kauai, Oahu, Maui, and Hawaii Island to pick up the pets. Greater good- That is a lot of stops for pets. Um, that must have been a loud plane. Greater Good Charity says pets pets from Kauai Humane Society, Hawaiian Humane Society, Lanai Cat Sanctuary, Hawaii Island Humane Society, a whole lot of other charities. Um, the, organi the organization says mainland pet shelters and rescue groups will then take 480 pets to various shelters while 120 furry animals will be transported to Walla Walla and Coer de Alane. Um, so that's really cool. I, I just thought this was some nice positive news in a, in a spin because we're overcrowded here but they're still doing a good job of like making this big flight rescue to help out a lot of in need animals that need homes yeah. so i hope that they're they get adopted that's really nice um so they got a better chance and they got a really nice uh uh ride on a plane free tickets <laughs> i know <laughs> uh yeah so I think that was that it for the articles. I think so. Yeah, we're. we're uh... Oh no, there there was this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit too much animal articles, but we do have. There was a giant albatross story that I had. What? Uh, yeah, more about like the ancient birds. If you want to pull that up. Where is that one? On Discord. <laughs> or we could just call it. I don't know. Uh, is it under just science? Oh. Do you want to go over that one? Let's see. Uh, yeah, the Antarctic fossils. It's pretty nuts. Hmm. They're about ancient albatrosses. And they could have been the biggest bird ever, study finds. It's a pretty big bird. I've never a big ass bird. I've never met right. a, a real albatross. Oh, no, we've met. We've seen real albatro al al albatrosses. Yeah, chill yeah they're really they cute like beaks and then they yeah they do a little dance and squawk and then they have a mating dance they're really big birds though when you get up close <laughs> they're massive they got imagine like a, them bigger they got like a six foot uh, wingspan as is but with the you want to hit it sure okay so there's a cnn article by jesse Yang. young i want to say young I feel bad for my summer name so but anyways Antarctic fossil could have been the uh, could have been the biggest flying bird ever. Studies find uh, in the 1980s, path paleontologists. Paleontologists. Jesus. Paleontologists <laughs> at the University of California Riverside visited Seymour Island, part of an island chain in the Arctic Peninsula. They brought home a number of fossils, including the foot bone and partial jawbone of two prehistoric birds. For decades, the bird or the fossil sat in a museum at the University of California. Beckley until a grad student named Peter Colis? Coles? Both. Yeah. Started poking around in 2015. In a study published Monday in the journal Scientific Reports, Coles identified the birds with or identified the birds as Pelagornitids? 
Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Pelagornithids? Yeah, Gornithids? Yeah, that's we'll a... With it. <laughs> a group of predators that roam the Earth's center and oceans for at least 600 million years. They're also known as bony-toothed birds because of their sh sharp teeth and long beak, which help them grab fish and squid from the ocean. The birds were huge, with a wingspan reaching up to 21 feet. And 21, yeah, 21 feet, damn. And the specific individuals that the fossils belong to may have been the biggest of them all in the studies. Just that's a pretty big wingspan. Twenty-one feet. That's longer than cars. Makes me think of that eagle meme where the eagle just picks up a fucking baby. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> just instantly, it just grabs the baby and then just there's this takes like it a few. F few inches and it's like oh there's like this kid in a park and just like waddling and then a bird just swoops in and picks it up like a couple feet yeah it just doesn't care it just picks up the kid and like oh that's not good that was, nature yeah we we've well nature i think it's <laughs> we often just take comfort in like oh yeah we're we're impervious to like the natural elements because we've taken over the world and then a, a hawk swoops in and then eats your baby <laughs> nice. Just eats her baby. No, I mean, Jesus. This this bird had beak teeth. Do birds have beak teeth? Beak. Wait, teeth, toothed beaks. Is that a thing? I've never seen a bird with teeth in its beak. Is that a thing? Yeah, I guess so. I've never. That doesn't look like teeth. That's teeth. That's like little baby. Like little. That's still teeth that's like like fish have bigger teeth than that Wait, what do you mean those are tiny some of it's photoshopped some of this shit's photoshopped they look though. like little ridges more than like oh, actual like teeth right there that's Don <laughs> that's Donald Duck that's <laughs> but yeah this bird this albatross had legit like in couple inch teeth that was that's really scary flying through the sky and then just chomping on you it's pretty nuts uh, see, oh, they even quoted it has ridges. <laughs> I'm not a bird expert, but I called it. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Teeth enough. The teeth like. <laughs> I'm so sleepy. I'm. Why are you so sleepy? Really? I don't know. It's only been we've only been on for about forty minutes, but I'm already so sleepy. He's powering down. All his power juices. Um, oh, okay. No, there is this one thing, though. Oh. If we're if we're done with the articles, if yeah, you want to sure. move on. Okay. So, uh, some side banter. Uh, uh. I've had this this uh, this problem as of late. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, Blarg's been full aware of my disgust with the system. And I'm not referring to the American government or with politics or anything like that. No. I'm talking about the people that just rustle my jimmies. Okay? The people that put in <laughs> that Am put I in your jimmies right now. No, I'll tell you how you rustle my jimmies. If you put in call in orders to restaurants and not go in the line to oh pick up God. your order once you've purchased it. So, 
This applies to Starbucks. This applies to Jamba Juice. This applies to other takeout restaurants. Yes, we've talked about this, but I've got to make it a public argument now, okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yes, go ahead. Stand Judge me. Judge me. Hate me. Well, I don't hate Not you. too harshly. I'm just judging. I'm telling... I'm Well, I'm asking that of the general populace listening. But, uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm tired and delirious. You're, I can you're, talk you're, about you're what I want. Out. The, po- the populace I'm... is here to listen. Okay. You draw them out. You, you, uh, hey, world. Tease them. So, my problem is that I go into an establishment. Let's say Jamba Juice, for example. <laughs> Jamba Juice, for for those in, not in America, may not know. I don't know if it's international or not. Is a, I think it's like a sister company to Starbucks. But instead of coffee, they serve smoothies. It's a smoothie joint. So you go there, you order your smoothie, you pick it up, you enjoy your cold, refreshing beverage. Now, if I go to Star... Oh, my God. Jamba Juice. Which one are you going to, Jamba Juice or Starbucks today? They're always next to each other. So they're... (laughs) You walk... Okay, you walk in. There's already a line, and they only do takeout stuff because it's COVID, so I understand that. But you still have the full opportunity to go in and wait in a line, social distancing. When people put in phone orders, that's like, to me, it's like an automatic cut in front of the line. I could be physically there, driving to your establishment, eagerly waiting to buy your product, but I'm waiting physically for it. I'm showing my patience and dedication as a customer. They already have a queue. That's part of their queue. What's their queue? They get a phone order. Okay. So that goes in their queue. And then yes. somebody else, come, if a person comes in, they get added to the queue. And then a phone order could be in that queue. So there's a, a no. phone order, a person, a phone order. Yes. Now, let's say I'm standing in line. I haven't even placed my order yet. But ring, ring. Hello. Yes. I would like to place an order for me in front here. And that goes in front of me as a customer waiting patiently and eagerly in line. Only extending my wait. Why don't you just make a phone order then? In the line that I'm waiting in and call them? <laughs> just before you get there. No, because I'd be adding to the problem. Do you see what, like, I'm trying to remedy it by not being part of the problem <clears throat> and being the solution here? Then what would be the solution to that? Uh, I did want to recommend that they allocate specific slots. For amount of phone orders that they could take, especially during uh, lunch or breakfast rushing hours. So when it's like, you know, the lunch rush, they they only can allocate so much time to the people coming in physically versus the people calling in. Mm. And yeah, I think that would help like balance it out. But to me, it seems like it's this kind of like super big wait time for something that doesn't need to happen. Because how would you feel... Okay, I guess it comes down to a matter of convenience. How would you feel going to a place and waiting for your food versus... Actually, that doesn't even sound that fun, so I guess it does come to, come down to convenience. I mean, yeah, if you call in and make your order and then it, you pick it up around the time that you think that it'd be ready, that's super convenient, and I get that. So I'm I'm giving the devil his due. I, I see that, that argument and how... People would want to do that. They're busy. They want to get their item. It's it's quote like you said, and they get it. But what does that mean to me <laughs> as the customer who went there to to just get their drink now? Do I have to always remind myself I have to put in a pre order for every little thing that I get? If you want the fastest experience, 
<sighs> it tries to entice you to use their app or or uh, online features. That is true. They do have apps. And if they have an app on your phone, they can always put notifications like, oh, hey, you can get a two-for-one. Am I being like an old fogey here? I don't know. Maybe. Am I just not hip with the times? Am I not? Am I not tech savvy? Here I am announcing this on a podcast that I'm gonna then share and edit, edit and share. I mean, uh, I can't even buy a smoothie. I mean, let us let us know your comments on on. I your legit opinion for I wanna, or against. I'm gonna or make like, a Twitter poll. Yeah, I'm gonna. Make... I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I will. I'll do it right now. You do it right now. Oh. Okay. Well. Yeah. As this podcast ends, as he writes elegantly on his keyboard Twitter about his rant about... Poll. Ask a question. What's my question? Um, what is more evil? And you don't even put Actually, evil. Oh, okay. that's, oh that's, that's biased. So you're right. It is very biased. <laughs> Just make it... Try to... What is fair? What is more fair? What is... What do you think is the right appropriate way to, to to format this? Or what do you prefer? Just just as a survey, what people yeah, like to do. You're do right. You're right. But um, those who are listening to this podcast, or if especially oh, if you're on YouTube, you'll know my rage. Com- <laughs> do write a comment below on your opinions on the on the uh, full scope of the thing. We we do read the comments. It is entertaining to read the comments. I guess I have some really good ones. But while he finishes that, I guess we should wrap up the show. So it was good talking to all you folks. Um, as a lesson learned today, remember to phone, you know, use the app and phone in your order if you want to be front in line. Why are you telling them that? That's, <laughs> we're not even, the polls aren't even in yet. <laughs> No, I'm just saying in the in the current reality, if you want the fastest server service, your models will just use their app and succumb to the uh, tech age of, you know. What do you call it? So like bloatware. I don't know. So here's this: which do you prefer for ordering food or like a Starbucks coffee? Choice one, like personal pickup, or choice two, phone order. Does that make sense? Personal pickup order or in person order? Yeah. And then the other one would be phone slash app order. I know, I sound like some sort of Google survey. Ugh. But yeah, uh you're doing you're doing <laughs> Google a service by making polls. <laughs> I will let this cook for one day. One day? No, give it a give it a couple days. Which do you prefer for ordering food? What way do you prefer ordering a, a Starbucks or food? I think it's fine. Which, which, do, which person do you pre- order or which way do you prefer to order? Yeah, which way do you prefer to order for your drinks slash food? Okay. Which way? Which way do you prefer? I'm so to tired. order to order. Which, which way, way do, do you, you prefer to to order? Prefer to order okay food or like a starbucks coffee 
In-person or, order. Or Starbucks coffee, not like A, because it sounds janky as shit. Well, or Leica, because, I mean, it could be anything. It could be Which junk. way do you prefer to order food or... Drinks, just or, or drinks. Yeah, okay. And then if you really need to put an example, put on the opposite side of the question mark. What? Space. I.E. No, no, you don't need to put that. Just put I.E. I dot E. Uh, star... Uh, Starbucks coffee <clears throat> or is no start yeah Starbucks order sorry I think that's good okay okay I'm gonna tweet it uh let's see what the poll says later um we will update you in the coming episode and the next one um you guys have a good night um I hope you guys have sweet dreams uh thank you for listening to to, to me bumble and bamble um yeah, good luck everyone good luck good, good luck. luck just remember use your phone apps always the fastest service oh uh, <laughs> why am i <laughs> i need some sleep Much i'm too <laughs> you guys take it easy <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys take it out you guys this take care thank you for listening to this episode of tree bark i've been your host theo i've been your host blarg i'm a sleepy doggo yeah you are wow look at that the phone orders are going up already what the heck wow it's already three votes 67 percent three votes remember it splits it up because that was like in two seconds okay well (laughs) you know what we'll 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 fight we'll figure out this debate guys i know who who is uh, morally correct and has the high ground here? Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. A huge shout out to our monthly Barker supporters over on Patreon Arkani, Artorius Nightwalker, Boarki, Damien, Daniel Kurtzkopf, Damien Adams, Orira, Ferris, Orion Greywood, Hattie, Jack Scott, Jason, Jay Wolf. Justin Wolfhart, Canook82562, Kyle Maloney, Lowfly, Michael Draws, Naruto Sonic, Ricks, Ryan the Wolf, The Pie Man 78, Tyler DeRosier, Wolfie Snuggles, Yeen Pops, and Euro Wolf. Thank you all for supporting the Tree Bark Podcast and all of my furry art endeavors. I could not have improved and come this far without your love and patronage. As always, if you'd like to see more of my content, you can follow me on Twitter at Shikokubo or on FA at Shikokubo. That's S-H-I-K-O-K-U-B-O. Take care.